episode, I am hoping to get answers to what it truly means to have a sustainable kitchen. There is so much chat and data out there on how we can make our homes more eco-friendly and how we can live our lives in a more sustainable way. So much so that it can be tricky to decipher fact from fiction some of the time, or at least that's how I feel about it. I know I get lots and lots and lots of press releases and information at work on eco-friendly buys for the home, tips for reducing carbon footprint, and I imagine you see and hear about lots of these things as well in your day-to-day life, from ways to reduce single-use plastic and to tackle food waste as a few examples. But what about designing our kitchens in a more sustainable way, literally from the ground up? I'm going to be asking my guest today how this is really possible, what kind of difference it could make and what changes you could make when planning your new space to end up with a design that is better for the planet. This one is going to be interesting. Hello and welcome to Zoe Holland, who is the Head of Marketing and Creative at Sustainable Kitchens. Hi Zoe, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, I'm really looking forward to today's chat. I've got lots of questions for you and I really want to get to the bottom of what it really means to have a sustainable kitchen. So I'm hoping you're ready for, I'm not going to say it's a Spanish Inquisition, but, you know, (laughs) I'm going to have a lot of questions for you because I think it's something that more and more people are really interested in, myself included. It's definitely becoming more of the norm, isn't it? Which is great that people are integrating it in every part of their lifestyle. So, yeah, hopefully I've got the answers you need. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Well, with your role at a company called Sustainable Kitchens, I'm really intrigued as to how you think a kitchen design can be truly sustainable. So to start, shall we just go over a little bit about the ethos of Sustainable Kitchens, the brand? Yeah, in my eyes, sustainability has always been a part of us. We've been sustainable kitchens way before this wave of sustainable and eco, which is a great wave, but before that has come into fruition and people are becoming more educated about it and are more aware of it. So for us, it's, it is just a part of who we are. For us, it's, it's everything from the people that we hire to the materials we use and to the process. It's about finding the balance between sustainability, quality and longevity. There's a million sustainable materials that we could use, but whether that would mean your kitchen would last for 30 years is a different point. So there's a definite balance. We build our kitchens to last a lifetime so that they won't need to be replaced, which ultimate level of sustainability, which I think people do need to think about if they're replacing things in their home, that how long is this going to last? And is it a worthwhile investment that means you won't have to replace it again in sort of five, 10 years? I think the beauty of us being a sustainable company and such a small team is that we all have different sort of elements and important factors that mean more to each other for example the sort of marketing side like our our websites run on recycled electricity the showroom and workshops all run on 100% recycled energy but then more about the sort of materials we've removed plastic from our kitchen so we use a slint box which is based on offcuts so that we don't have a pile up of waste which I think is quite key in this industry yeah, we'll come on to all of the, the material elements of how you can design a kitchen from the ground up to be sustainable, as well as doing the eco-cleaning products and the, the reusable sponges and all of that sort of things that you can add in at the end. But I liked your point there about the longevity of a kitchen, because people really only do their kitchen up 
every, what, 10, 15 years, if not a lot longer. I mean, you mentioned 30. And by their very nature, a kitchen is a big investment. We're not ripping them out all the time. It's not like fast fashion or anything like that. So investing that money in good qualities to make sure it lasts is sustainable in itself. You could argue that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's definitely our deciding factor that with the materials that we use, if if they do have good eco-credentials, the sort of deciding factor is, will this last? Because um, we don't want people ripping their kitchens out in sort of 10 years. And if, if people are buying their kitchens for their forever home, that it will be there for them and the next house buyers. I suppose that's really something there, the longevity factor. Yeah, I think that's really important. Now, the people that you work with, the clients, the homeowners that you work with, what is their driving force? Because I do think sustainability is much more widespread now in terms of the way people are making purchase decisions, much more than even, I don't know, three to five years ago even. What's the most common reason do you think people come to you? Are they really looking for that more eco-friendly way of designing their kitchen? Yes and no. I think I think everybody's different and sustainability does mean different things to different people in that some people come to us and it's all about balance that maybe they're renovating or improving the house and if they can make a portion of that sustainably considered then they're doing their part and they're improving that bit that potentially they weren't going to think about whereas other people come to us and I mean, I do the the photography after we've installed the kitchens and the home is full of the sort of e-cover and the eco-cleaning products and there's vegan cookbooks everywhere. And to them, it's it's all about sustainability. Whereas other people then, I'd say they might come to us because of our design and our sort of research and development nature that we, we sort of have a bit of a mantra that anything is possible. Um, our kitchens are all so unique and maybe they come to us because we're a small independent. I think there's a, a variety of reasons, but it's so nice to speak to the clients and with them knowing that a portion of their decisions in what they're doing is sort of sustainably considered, which I think I suppose is the, the overarching factor. Yeah, I really love that because, you know, we can't all be perfect at the end of the day, can we? So it's about finding that right balance for you, as you say. So. Imagine I am doing my kitchen up and I'm coming to you and I really want to do my bit to reduce the impact on the environment. Where do I start? I think if you're starting on a kitchen design, I think you definitely need to do the need and want list. If you've got a kitchen designer in mind, whether it's local or they've sort of got a style you like or they've got materials that you're interested in with the sustainability factor, I think really sort of talk to your kitchen designer and understand the materials that are used within the business for the kitchen that you're getting and really get to know what you're buying and where it's from. Some things that you buy are sort of hidden behind a sort of layer of paint. It's a very exciting process buying and designing a kitchen that I guess not to get too carried away in the bigger picture, but get to the nitty gritty, know know what you're buying, the level of sustainability that you're looking for. I think the more you question and, and ask about it, the more you'll sort of know. And obviously within the within the budget and style, we have a supplier of British grown ash around the corner, which is sustainable, it's beautiful, but at the end of the day, it does cost more. So I do think budget also is a factor in sustainable thinking um, around sort of 
renovations and the home. I think that goes back to what we were just saying before about longevity. And obviously, if you are looking at keeping a kitchen for up to 30 years, if not longer, because it is well-made, sustainably sourced, et cetera, et cetera, actually the cost over that length of time versus a, a more a cheaper kitchen that might only last five years, you know, it, it all balances out at the end of the day. But assessing your needs, obviously, in line with your budget is really important. What kind of questions should I ask? my kitchen designer about sustainability sometimes people could be a little hesitant about asking kitchen designer these in-depth questions so what sort of questions would you advise people ask for me my number one would be the material so what is the makeup of the kitchen is it chipboard or mdf which in in that sense probably isn't the most sustainable it might have sort of high resins and vocs it's about what's the makeup that they might not be advertising as good as their 10-year guarantees and things like that. But to me, the number one factor would be the materials and even down to the paint. So is it sort of water-based paint or is it is it going to be full of solvents and things like that? It's all factors that make up the kitchen that you, you sort of really want to know more about. And I don't think that's something that people should shy away from. I mean, there's statistics recently that people are moving towards a more sustainable lifetime, forgetting about fast fashion and, and moving away from those things. So I think the more people question it, the more the industry will improve and get in line with the customer's wants and, and needs within that space. Absolutely. And I think it's really important for everyone listening to realise that, yeah, you should be asking these questions because actually that then puts the, the companies and the manufacturers within the kitchen space under that pressure maybe not isn't the right word but pressure to be more transparent and to look at ways to make everything that they do more sustainable whether that is the materials used or the way that they manufacture or what they do with their waste product you know there's lots of different elements to consider isn't there yeah and i suppose it's almost like anything that you buy if you if you were looking at sort of clothes and you were trying to make the move away from fast fashion you'd now be looking at the label to see what what materials are in there and what makes up that t-shirt say so i don't think it should be any different for anything that you're buying to sort of see the the makeup and exactly what's in there at the same time i do recognize that there is no limit of sustainability and we can always be doing more always improving and always educating ourselves and customers there is no limit really so i think it it will just sort of challenge and, and improve the more they question and and go about it really yeah, it's an ongoing conversation. Now, you can also look at websites. Lots of companies and manufacturers have websites with information on their manufacturing processes on there or, you know, the, the materials that they use or just their, their ethos and their story. But you mentioned materials um, and that being a, a good starting point and asking questions on the materials. So let's talk about the materials that can go into making a more sustainable kitchen. And the obvious place to start is timber. So some woods are more sustainable than others, right? The big one for us is the carcasses. So that's going to be the bit that holds your kitchen together for however many years. We we choose there for our carcasses to be made from birch plywood. We pick our birch plywood based on sustainability credentials, but it's the PEFC and the FEC. So they're all sort of sustainably sourced and they've got those eco-credentials attached to them. But the big deciding factor there for us it's also a material that's extremely strong and durable and it that's the bit that's going to last for 30 years but then in in sort of other aspects of the timber we've got oak tulip 
tulip is a, a, a really sort of fast growing tree and is, it's good for use in kitchens because if you want to see the grain or don't see the wood grain, tulips are a great wood for that. The past few years, we've been using a material called medite, which is all originating from Ireland. And it's sort of a, a competitor to the sort of MDF products, but it's, they're doing amazing things in the, the eco space. And for the the environment, they're all responsibly sourced. And the key thing for us there is the doors straight, stay straight. Because as with any natural wood, there's movement and it's it's going to sort of change with the humidities. I mean, if you've got underfloor heating or ever hots or algas, the wood absorbs and emits water and moves everywhere. So I think it's it's also about finding the material that will last as well but there's there's definitely an increase on eco materials within the industry which is is great to see um even amongst sort of like architects and furniture designers to kitchens it's it's all on the the increase which is good yeah really great now i hear that um, and you mentioned that they're responsibly sourced i hear that quite often what does that mean so every sort of material that we use or spec, we always look first into the environmental qualities. We don't want to be making or encouraging any materials that are harmful. So say if somebody wants a laminated fronted kitchen, I mean, there's a fair few laminate HPLs, high pressure laminate companies on the market but for us it's about finding the one that's good for you and good for the environment and not just sort of picking the first one off the shelf there so I suppose the responsible source it it can come with the tags or not come with the tags I know lots of companies now are sort of doing the FSC that gives the tag that it is responsibly sourced and um and it's got that certification which which means a lot to the manufacturers and the customers really it's a forest stewardship council, isn't it? So that's the FSC certified. You see that a lot on wood products, furniture and, you know, anything wooden, really. You might see that FSC sort of logo, which is, looks like a little tree on there. So that's one thing to look out for. You mentioned a few other abbreviations before. Can you just repeat those and explain what those are as well? There's PEFC, which is the Programme for Endorsement of Forest Certification, which I believe, which is very, very similar to the FSC. It's got the stamp of approval, but it's grown responsibly. And again, you'll you'll see that for sort of furniture and, and other wood products, which it's great that it's out there more and we, we are seeing it, which is which is good. Because um, we I suppose we have to, again, find the balance that we can't have all these trees planted in England. So if they're coming from Europe, we want to know sort of more about the background of, of where exactly they're coming from in Europe and their history. Okay, so that's timber. A few things to look out for there and to ask your kitchen designer about the, you know, the type of timber that they tend to use and whether it's responsibly sourced, fast growing, that sort of thing. What about stone? Because I think, you know, worktops, tiles, that sort of thing can be quite a sticking point sometimes. And there can be quite a lot of information on stone that is a little bit confusing. And people tend to worry about the effects of quarrying for stone? Good question. And I totally see that it can be very overwhelming when you're looking into things like stone. There's, there's so many out there now as well, but it's it can be hard to sort of find the ideal one. But again, I'd say it's, it's about the balance for some of our customers. So now they're finally buying their kitchen of their dreams that they've been looking for for sort of 10 plus years. They're in their forever home. They know they're staying there. 
but a part of them might want to buy their sort of their dream marble that they've had their eye on for 10 years. And we say that's okay. It's, it's, um, it, it's not a sort of, they're not going to be able to recycle it at the end of their life. But I think for them, it's about the balance that they've thought about some aspects that potentially if the kitchen does come to its life end, they can use that in other ways. So um, whether they can sort of upcycle and things like that, but there's so many sort of stone competitors out there now that you don't have to use stone and sort of worry about the environmental bits there. We've seen a lot more use of Corian, Neolith, stone, and they're all upping the game and, and challenging the natural stones that we don't necessarily need to do that with every kitchen. I think Silestone now have released a, a carbon neutral series, which is which is great. And it, again, it would depend on the, the budget that if you are looking for a more cheaper alternative that's, again, still sustainable, then we would opt for sort of like a woodwork top. It might take a bit more care and maintenance than the, the stone, but it would depend on the level of sustainability that you're looking for. Durat's an amazing one. It's uh, basically full of sort of recycled plastic, just in a, a kitchen island in that. And it's it's far from ugly. It's, it's so beautiful. And knowing that it's full of recycled materials and giving them another lease of life is just so wonderful, I suppose. And what does that look like then, the Durat? What would you liken it to? So the Durat's a sort of terrazzo-looking worktop with smaller flecks in. The samples actually look like little bars of nougat. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> don't need them. Very cool. Yeah, <laughs> our client was sort of looking for that from both the sort of design aesthetic and the sort of responsible aesthetic, I suppose, and it, it fit both bills. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. There are so many new materials coming out as well. You know, designers have been so inventive, which is great to see. So I've seen rubber worktops. That's something that I see more of. Surfaces made from recycled yogurt pots, I've seen. Tiles made from compressed coffee grounds, which is really inventive. Things like that, you know, with a little bit of research, you can really unearth some of these really cool new companies doing something sustainable, but really different in a design sense as well that can create a, a unique look in your space. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm currently just looking actually at the uh, the coffee worktop. We've developed our showroom to make it sort of a bit more of a, an experimental space. So we've got hundreds of samples everywhere, just sort of things that we've found and we'd be recommending. And it's quite an exciting time that all these materials are improving and reusing materials, like the yogurt pots, you say. There's some recycled paper now, sort of like rich light materials, which is, is reusing old paper and putting them together into a really sort of strong surface that we can either use for doors or worktops or sort of any application. So it's, it's an exciting time, I'd say. Yeah, and I love the idea if you had one of these cool, you know, recycled yogurt pots or coffee grounds as your worktop or your towels, that would be the first thing I'd be telling people when they come into my kitchen. If I just had the kitchen done and it's, I'll be like, check this worktop out. It's made from recycled yogurt pots. It's a great story. Yeah, it's amazing. The possibilities definitely seem endless at the minute, which is a bit cliche, but yeah, sort of making your coffee on your recycled coffee worktop would really bring joy to many people, I suppose. Now, there's also things like stainless steel. We can't not mention stainless steel because, you know, that's maybe something people, if, you know, you don't want to go for the full yogurt pot coffee ground scenario. Stainless steel is a great material because it is recyclable and it's more sort of familiar in a kitchen environment. Yeah, it's definitely great for those sort of industrial look kitchens. 
we've done a fair few stainless steel worktops. I think as, as long as you don't mind the scratching and how it will age, then no, I'd, I'd highly recommend a stainless steel worktop if you're going for that aesthetic. Yeah, I want to talk to you about reclaimed materials as well, because there's one thing, you know, having repurposed materials you made from waste, essentially. But there's also, I talk a lot about kitchens being more of sort of a living space where you can add lots of personality and collections and things like that in. And reclaimed things can really help that, can't they? So what sort of reclaimed materials and fittings could you put into your kitchen to make it effectively more eco-friendly? We love the use of reclaimed materials, especially, I don't know if you've heard of Retrubius, they're amazing and the, the things that they find are just phenomenal. I think I, I'm definitely their number one liker on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you go down a bit of a rabbit hole when you look at any of their things, don't you? On their Instagram or their website, is definitely worth yeah, it. Yeah, what else can you fill your home with? Um, but we've, we've used many items from them sort of within the kitchen design. So um, we've bought old school science bench labs from them full of graffiti and chewing gum that we've given some TLC and a new lease of life and used that for worktops in our kitchen's designs. Um, so that's sort of old Iroko wood. And they do look phenomenal and they, they look aged, but like they tell a story. And that's definitely sort of the, the best bit of the kitchens that, People say that people comment on the uh, the old school lab worktops, but even we built in a integrated open reclaimed larder unit. So the client was in the process of designing their kitchen um, and saw this unit and sort of wanted the whole kitchen built around this. So we've we've integrated it, and I suppose the beauty of bespoke things is that you, you can design the rest to match. We pulled out bits of wood from it and had them in other places of the kitchen. And I think using reclaimed materials really does make it special. You could go to your like local salvage yard or reclamation yard, couldn't you? And even eBay or Gumtree, you could find great things on there. Even, you know, Belfast sinks or taps or, you know, old furniture or a dresser. I mean, really, if, if you have the time to spend in searching for these items, you could bring some really interesting things into your kitchen. Oh, for sure. We've, we've had many clients find um, old Belfast sinks on the likes of Facebook Marketplace. Um, and use them as sort of like their, their dog sinks, which are becoming increasingly popular, believe it or not. And even things like old flooring and lighting from reclamation yards, they'll have that perhaps before they've even started the kitchen design. That starts the vision and the creative juices flowing. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's nice to see the, the reclaimed element. Yeah, now as, as well as the materials, of course, that's a, a big area and the reclaimed things that you could put into your kitchen you have to have a modern space you know it has to function for modern life so appliances is a key thing that I'm thinking about here but nowadays lots of appliances are more eco-friendly and it's quite easy now to to find out how eco-friendly an appliance is isn't it? yeah definitely and um, with the new sort of energy ratings that were introduced a couple of years ago I think that was great because I think every appliance on there was sort of an A plus rating, but now it sort of it really drills into the detail that you can you can look and understand what exactly you're buying and the benefits that come with it. We've recently just been looking at the Miele range actually, and they've just come in leaps and bounds in terms of keeping things fresher for longer and less sort of water, more repairability, even down to their ethics in manufacturing. It's it's definitely improved in the appliance space, but 
yeah, it's not just about the wood and the, the worktops. Appliances are a big portion of the of the kitchen that you'll be um, in forever. Yeah, and as you say, the new energy label is much more easy to decipher. So it's A to G, A being the most energy efficient and G being, being lower down on the scale, obviously. But it's much easier to compare things. And for things like washing machines and, you know, dishwashers, it tells you how much water is consumed per cycle and goes into a greater level of detail, doesn't it? Whereas I think before the A+, plus, A++, plus, 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 so many pluses, yeah. uh, it, it was really, it was actually for someone who works in the industry and gets lots of information about this. I, I even found it confusing sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely better now and just so much more comprehensible, I suppose, that can really sway people's decisions. I think in the long term, appliances is definitely worth an investment, even down to the energy used and sort of food fresher for longer. It's an investment worthwhile that's worth researching, I'd say. Yeah, particularly at the minute, you know, with energy bills on the rise. Is there anything in a kitchen that you would advise against having because it's not sustainable? I think that would take me back to the worktops. I suppose that's the biggie that wouldn't be as sustainable or ethically made as the rest of the kitchen if you sort of went went for sustainable materials and good energy rating appliances. To me, it would then come down to worktops. But you also want the kitchen to look like the dream kitchen that you've, you've had for 10 years. So I think... I think that would be the bit that I, w- I wouldn't include if you wanted to go sort of all out sustainability. I think that's when we'd look into the materials that are out on the market that we spoke about before. I think the things that I wouldn't include would also be to go down the local route and really understand where, where the kitchen itself is coming from. Some kitchens are shipped from far and wide, but I think that's one thing to avoid if you were really thinking sustainability. Yeah, so that comes back to the carbon footprint of it. Yeah. And, and also, um, we launched the Close to Home campaign during lockdown, which is all about that. It's about finding your local independent kitchen and bathroom specialist. Not only is it more sustainable, but it's great for your local community, your support and local businesses, your support and the independents out there who have a whole wealth of expertise because often they've been working in the industry for years and years and years, family run businesses, that sort of thing. So I think that shopping local and possibly being British made is is another important factor to consider when you're thinking about sustainability as well. Definitely. You can often buy things and not quite understand quite how far they've come. So it's definitely a good good thing to ask. There's a theme, isn't there? Ask lots of questions. Don't be afraid to ask lots of questions. I say that about so many different things, but it's certainly true for this topic. Now, we talked about the manufacturing process and part of that is waste. Now, I am a real stickler for waste and I absolutely hate food waste or just having too much stuff. I hate having like multiples of the same thing because I just feel it's wasteful and I find it quite overwhelming, if I'm honest. Um, So this is a really important part of the conversation for me personally. If a kitchen or anything you put in a kitchen creates a lot of waste in production, not really scoring that high on the sustainability skill then is it no and i think there's there's ways around that with a sort of handmade product you can really sort of carefully craft your cutting list so that there is as minimal waste as possible but i think i think it's more important what people are doing with the waste so there's some local charities to us that absolutely um love coming to collect some of our sort of pirate off cuts i mean we don't have huge amounts of them but they're a charity that support people with disabilities that are teaching them like woodcraft work and um, and making things. And they 
the things they make are exceptional. They they sort of do little phone cases and bird boxes, bee houses. Um, it's it's so exciting to see that they're transforming waste into something so beautiful. With waste, there's there's other things that you can do internally. So when I said before that we've removed the plastic feet from our kitchens, we did that because we didn't want to include any plastic, but also so that we could use up any waste that we did have. So we now use the plywood offcuts as well for to make sort of little plinth boxes um, that you can adjust accordingly to to suit the floor because we all know that no floor is straight. Um, but it's about yeah. It's, asking what people do with their waste and um, sort of understanding that more because you you can be sort of really clever with it. Um, and I also think it's quite nice when, when we're going through kitchen designs with clients, more and more people are asking about sort of the bin caddies before a bin was just something that you included in the kitchen. But now it's about sort of how many compartments do I get for my food waste, for my recyclables, for my normal waste. And People are asking those questions more, and it, it's it really is so good to see. I guess we we just need to keep up on the uh, bins is a stickler point in the sort of manufacturing side, but I do think there could be some improvements in the uh, bin caddies. But that's another story. Well, it, <laughs> well, it's great to hear that you know businesses are doing these things with their offcuts. Um, I've heard, you know, about businesses making like chopping boards and phone sort of holders or cookbook stands, like all of that sort of stuff. As, as you know, if you're buying a kitchen through that company, then actually it's a, a nice little extra gift at the end. Once it's all completed, you get this, you know, this little extra that's been made using the offcuts rather than them going in the bin, basically. The other thing that I'm a bit of a stickler for is packaging. And I find it really annoying when you order something. I mean, it could be anything and it comes in excess packaging or lots of plastic wrap. So that's another thing to think about and potentially ask your kitchen designer. If you are buying a new kitchen, when it gets delivered and you've made all these decisions about the materials and trying to be more eco-friendly and how it's designed, and then if it arrives and it's wrapped in swathes of plastic with loads of bubble wrap and that kind of thing then I feel like that sort of defeats the point a little bit. I think that's definitely a thing that needs to be improved within the industry. I mean we were saying before about kitchens sort of traveling the miles to to get to you and it's it's about understanding how the kitchen has traveled as well as how it's been wrapped. There's still definitely a lot of sort of bubble wrap out there isn't there and, and plastic wrapping on things. We deliver our kitchens in blankets that we reuse time and time again. So there's there's definitely ways around the plastic and things that people can do to improve. And again, question. Um, but I, I, I do think plastic's always been a an improvement area. Um, I spent quite a bit of time in Australia and the plastic there was sort of minimal, even deliveries, say if you're ordering a cookbook or something like that. And I do think that's that's where England sort of needs to catch up and improve on yeah so again ask ask before you buy um now coming to the end of this but i can't possibly let you go without asking you you know you're having a new kitchen put in we've talked about longevity about investing in hardware and materials that are going to stand the test of time but what about the old kitchen that you're getting rid of what can you do to stop that going into landfill good question there's a few companies out there now to use kitchen exchange to name one if your kitchen's sort of in, in a good condition and it's resellable, they'll come out and do the rip out and sort of resell the kitchen for you and they'll take a portion of the fees. It's a great way to sort of 
do it responsibly, that that kitchen will then have another lease of life and somebody else will benefit from the from the kitchen that you're, whether you've outgrown it or it's not suitable to the space anymore. There's definitely companies helping in, in that sense, but I suppose that that comes down to when the kitchen's originally purchased. If you If you can do it as sustainably as possible, then a big factor of sustainability is recyclability. Can all the materials be recycled and or used again? Even people are buying them on Facebook Marketplace. We've had a, a client recently sort of sell it on Facebook Marketplace, which was great to hear because we we always sort of ask the question, what's, what are you going to do with the kitchen? Yeah, people are definitely thinking of more imaginative ways and not just throwing it out, which is the main thing. Yeah, you, there's always ways that you could potentially reuse part of it in your new design or, as you say, relocate. If the cabinets are in good nick, you might be creating a utility room that you can maybe put the old units in there, save you a bit of sustainable and saving a little bit of money on buying new units for that space. I've heard about people, you know, big trend at the moment, creating sort of bars and sheds, that sort of thing. Uh, you could potentially use your units in there. You know, there's lots of different creative ways. So if they're in good condition or, you know, if there is anything in your old kitchen, be it tap or a sink or, you know, even flooring that you could just keep and reuse in your new scheme, then it's all great at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. Keep, reuse or sell on for to another home. Just people are definitely sort of buying reused taps and sinks and things like that. So it's, yeah, the circle of life, keep that going. Absolutely. Now, before you go, final question for you. I ask every guest for their golden rule. So what is your golden rule for good kitchen design? I think for us, it's about sort of, I'd say, challenging. So we spend a lot of time sort of listening to the clients, what their sort of needs and want lists are. But for us, it's about sort of challenging those things that we don't want to replace like for like, and we want to make the space sort of work for you. So you don't just want to give somebody a wish list. You want them to really sort of question that and how do you sort of prep your food? Do you do a lot of baking? What sort of size is the family? How many sort of dishwashers will you need and things like that? So it's, it's just about sort of challenging the norm for us, I'd say. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me. It has been great to chat today. So yeah, thank you for taking the time. There's so much food for thought in there. There's lots to get my head around as well. Um, But I just love that we kept coming back to balance and finding your level of sustainability because, you know, we can't all be perfect at the end of the day. And I think that's a really nice sentiment to take away from this episode. So thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having me on my first podcast. Thank you as always for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and it got you thinking. My top tip for creating a sustainable kitchen or sustainable home in general is to do something better. We can't all be perfect all of the time, but it takes us all to do just that little bit to make a larger change overall. And I love that Zoe talked a lot about that and a lot about balance and finding the right level of sustainability to suit you, your needs and your budget. My biggest thing that I took away from that as well, actually, is to remember to invest in good quality for that longevity. I love that Zoe talked a lot about that and about balance and finding the level of sustainability to suit you and your budget. My biggest thing to remember is to invest in good quality for that all-important longevity. And to quote kitchen designer Diane Berry from series one, if you buy cheap, you buy twice. And let's face it, that isn't very sustainable at the end of the day. 
As always, you can get in touch with me via hello at these three rooms.com. But for now, thank you for listening. And don't forget to join me next time for more of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast. Talk to you soon. Bye.